Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Your favorite radio station presents a holiday classic. boy, Clarence. The 23rd anniversary edition of Christmas on the Radio. God bless us, everyone. Now the 2022 edition of Christmas on the Radio with your host, Wyatt Cox. A new addition to our lineup is a crime drama from the angle of a photographer, a newspaper photographer. Casey Crime Photographer. This episode of the program goes back 75 years to December 25th, 1947, and it stars Stotts Cotsworth. The Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation brings you Crime Photographer. <laughs> Hi, Ethelbert. How did Santa Claus treat you? <laughs> fine, just fine. I'm so full of Christmas spirit, I could even kiss the city editor. What do you know? And me, I could even forgive and forget one or two of those Christmas neckties. <laughs> Some of those things are Lulu's. You ought to see the one Marvin got. It lights up and spells a message. <laughs> well, anyway, it's a, it's a beautiful sentiment. What's it say? The most wonderful words. Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole. Our adventure for tonight, The Santa Claus of Bums Boulevard. Ethelbert, the head bartender, gazes sympathetically at the two glum faces opposite him, sighs and... Uh, Casey, I know just how you and Miss Williams feel. It ain't right to have to work on Christmas Day. Well, the three of us should have different jobs, Ethelbert. And say, Ethelbert, where's Herman Chittison? Well, he's having Christmas dinner with his family, the lucky dog. Uh, Johnny Paul dropped in to play the piano for us today. Oh, good. Oh, my holidays don't mean a thing in our racket, Ethelbert. 
Newspapers must be printed. And guys in my profession have to stand behind bars and make with bottles. Mm, and lemons. Mm. Oh, well, it might be worse. At least we ain't got families. Well, that's what makes it worse for me. My family's a thousand miles away. I haven't got a family anywhere. Well, you've got sisters, Casey. Yeah, sure, they're all married. They all got families of their own and all 2,000 miles away. My sister Edna ain't married. But you know Edna. Yeah. Well, let's can this deep philosophical discussion, Annie. Get started for Hackett Street. Hackett Street? We yep. have an assignment down there. That's the crummiest street in town. Nothing but gin mills, flop houses, and bums. Yeah, it's Bums Boulevard. Why is your paper sending you down there on Christmas? For a story, of course. Yeah. Heather Burford, you know, for the past two years, at exactly half past one on Christmas Day, a guy has shown up at the corner of Hackett and Finley with a wad of new $1 bills, which he's handed out to all the rummies around there. Then when his wad is gone, he's beat it, without telling anybody who he is, where he's from, or anything. If he shows up again this year, City Desk wants pictures of him and a complete yarn about him. We'll play him up as the Santa Claus of Bums Boulevard. The guy must be nuts, giving good dough away to a bunch of lushes who'll spend it on nothing better than cheap hooch. Huh. What kind of a guy is he? Oh, probably a publicity hound, I guess. Well, come on, let's get started, Annie. Yeah, we haven't too much time before 1.30. So long, Ethelbert. So long, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a very merry and very Christmassy Christmas among the panhandlers and drunks that we're going to see. You know, the holiday spirit's a lot of malarkey anyway, unless you got a family. Come on, Annie. Yeah, you're right, Casey. Ah, uh, yeah, he's right. Walter, bring up some lemons. That man will have given away his dollar bills and be gone by the time we get there. Well, can I help it if we ran out of gas four blocks from the nearest open filling station? You I could have had that. the tank filled before it went dry. Oh, sure. I'm wrong. I'm always wrong to hear you tell it. All you women do is nag. And a Merry Christmas to you. Oh, I'm... I'm sorry, kid. I'm a dope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the bracelet you gave me, Casey. Huh? Yeah. You have exquisite taste. <laughs> that looks swell on you, Hey, I wanted to get you a ring. A ring? Yeah, with your birthstone. Amethyst. See, I know it. Oh. Right. I didn't see any I liked. It's just as well. I don't care for amethysts and rings. No? No. Oh. Wish I could afford a family of my own, Annie. Hmm? What makes you think you can't? <laughs> my pay envelope and the cost of living. Well, maybe someday. Oh, um, but maybe when that someday comes, no woman will want you. Yeah, you may have something there. I've been a bachelor so long, Annie, it's become a habit. You know, this this morning when I woke up in my dinky little apartment, I felt, oh, I don't know, empty and lonely and useless. I haven't got a home. I felt the same way. I wonder maybe, Annie, if the two of us... What about... The two of us. Well, I... I oh, nuts. Look at this crummy street and the people on it. How can anybody think of home and a family life down here? How can anybody believe in anything or dream of anything? Every one of these bums, Annie, had big ideas once, and now look at him. This street is frightening, isn't it? If anybody reaches here, he's finished. The last stop. There's a, there's a crowd lined up at the next corner, Casey. Yeah. Is that where they go? Yeah, that's the place where the... Dollar bill Santa Claus has shown up before. Well, maybe he's been there and gone. Mm-hmm. Now, if that were so, those rum-dums wouldn't be standing in line. 
could all be in the nearest gin mill spending the dough or fighting to get it away from each other. Well, I'll park the car here and walk the rest of the way. Yeah, the car may be safer away from that mob. That's how I figure. Now, let's see. I got the camera. Lock the car. Okay, let's go. It's um, quarter of two, Casey. According to his previous schedule, Santa Claus is 15 minutes late. Maybe he won't show up. Mm. It'll be a big Christmas thirst on Bums Boulevard if he doesn't. Pardon, mister, I didn't see you. Okay, sister, take it easy now. So I'm all right. Don't I know you? I don't think so. Holy. Miss Arnold. Oh, I... We're both mistaken. I don't know you and you don't know me. Excuse me for bumping you. Goodbye. Casey, what... Annie. That dame is Julia Arnold. Julia Arnold? She was a big actress, a great star. Julia... She was a Broadway sensation when I was in college. Why, she was beautiful. Oh, Casey, that woman can't be... she denied her identity proved she is, Annie. I heard that Julia Arnold hit the skids, but... Oh, gee, Casey. She was married to a nice guy who got killed in the war, and then her kid died, and she... It's not nice, is it? And spare dime, mister. Just a dime. (laughs) I guess, old-timer. Let me see. I ain't a drinking man, mister. I'll spend it for food, not liquor. You don't look like a rummy. I ain't. I'm just old. You can ask anybody around here about Smitty, that's me. They'll tell you Smitty don't drink, don't steal. The worst they'll tell you about Smitty is he's just too old. Look, I I, I haven't got any small change, Smitty. Here's a buck. Oh, and here's, uh, here's another for me. Two dollars? Oh, God bless you, boy. Forget it. Yeah. Goodbye. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You didn't look like a faker, Casey. No, just old. Christmas. There are plenty of fakers in that mob we're coming to, though. Oh, they look like a line of uh, zombies. Yeah. Dead and won't lie down. Uh-oh. Not that big guy over there, though, Annie. That, that big, heavy-set mug, the green lumberjack coat. Oh, he looks like a prize fighter. I know that guy. His name is Boots Driscoll. He's a yellow skunk. He's mean as a copperhead. You know, that louse would steal pennies from Kid, and he's the uh, he's the boss of Bums Boulevard. I uh, gather you don't like him. I don't. Well, well, look who's here. Hello, Boots. Hi, Casey. I ain't seen you since... Yeah, since the last time you came out of the big house. <laughs> That's right. Who's the good-looking dame with you? This lady's a friend of mine. Well, ain't she gonna introduce us? Nope. Oh, what are you doing down here in my territory? Came to get a line on the screwball who hands out new dollar bills on Christmas. Apparently he's late. Yeah, the louse. When he shows up, I get a good mind to kick his head in. Yeah, not until after he hands out his dough, of course. You think he'll show up? The folks think, think so because they want to think it. Me? I just stick around and keep everybody in line. So you've got them all lined up? Yeah. First come, first serve. Dipping when Santa Claus gets here. All right, stop pushing, you bums. Get back in line there. Of course, you get something for your policing service. Well, why not? Them jerks would tear one another to pieces fighting for a grab at them bucks like they did last year if I wasn't around. This year, I'm taking a cut of 35 cents out of every bum here to keep things peaceful. Hmm. Boots, you've got all the instincts of a big racketeer. I'll say. Where's the racket part? This is a legitimate business. I guess it is at that for you. This way, you're getting the dough without using a gat or brass knuckles. Say, if that's meant as a crack... Skip it, Boots. I'm nearly as big as you are. Uh... Boots. What? Casey, that awful looking hey, man. Boots. What do you want, Creep? Creep's a good name for him. Hey, the guy who passes out dough. Santa Claus. I just found him. You found him? Yeah. 
in the alley back of Fritz's gin mill. Somebody socked him on the head and took all his dough. I think the guy's dead. Dead? Dead. Dead. Yeah, dead. Dead? Hey, you bumps stay here. Show me, creep. Yeah, come on. We're going too, Annie. I'll say we are. behind a beer keg. Yeah, I see him, creep. Uh, his pockets have been turned out. He's been rolled. There ain't a dime left on him. You'd be sure of that. He's so still, Casey. Is he dead? No. His heart's good and strong, Annie. Then he'd been knocked out. He's such a little man. Such a mild, gentle-looking little man. Oh, who could have been? I'll find out who took the dough he meant to give us. And when I do... Shut up, Boots. Guy just opened his eyes. He's coming, too. Yeah. Who are you? Just a guy who wants to help you, mister. My headaches. Yeah. It'd be a miracle if it didn't. It'd been slugged hard. Yes. Something hit me. Did you see the rat who hit you? The rat who took your dough? My dough? Yeah, you've been rolled, fella. Your money's gone. Oh, the money. Who got it? I... I can't say. How much did you have on you? Three hundred dollars in new one dollar bills. Three hundred bucks. Well, maybe the cops can get it back. Annie, see if we can find no, a telephone. No, no. No, don't call the police. Why not? You've been assaulted and robbed. But my head doesn't hurt very much now. I haven't been really injured. And I'm sure the thief will return the money. Return? When he becomes aware that it belongs to his neighbors, to his comrades down here. You see, I... I meant to give it away. You think the thief will return it on that account? When he thinks about it, yes. This guy must be nuts. Thieves can be good people. Mister, you haven't been around much. You've got as much chance of getting that dough back as I have of being elected a Supreme Court judge. If you had taken the money, wouldn't you return it under the circumstances? Me? Uh, well, uh, of course. I, I'm different. Well, you're different from the guy who got the 300 boots. He has it and you haven't. But... Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, what do you mean? At what time do you think you were hit and robbed, mister? I entered the alley at about 20 minutes of two. And I've been on that corner where you met me, Casey, ever since one o'clock. Every bum in that line will say so. You can't pin this on me. Okay, Boots, but you should understand my natural suspicion. Yeah. Hey, oh, creep. Uh, yes, sir. What were you doing in this alley when you found him? Well, I was just walking through, honest. I seen a foot sticking out from the back of them kegs and... Well, when I looked closer, there this guy was. Well, I didn't take his toe boots. Don't look at me like that. I believe you, creep. Why shouldn't I? Well, I don't. Let, let go my collar. Shut up, creep. Mr. Santa Claus, whether you like it or not, I'm going to find a cop and have this creep guy searched. Wait. You're not the wrong person. And I will make no complaint. What? There's nothing you can do, Casey, if that's how the little guy wants it. It is how I want it. <laughs> you got to let me go. Okay. Insist on being a sap, mister. It's your hard luck, not mine. Well, come on, Annie. Let's get out of here. Oh, I'd like to, Casey, but I've been assigned to interview this gentleman. I know that's so, yeah. Interview me? Yeah. Uh, to begin with, uh, what's your name? Why, Shepard. Shepard? Yes. Uh, first name? Uh, no. Oh, Casey, catch him. That gun, I paid a guy passed down. A crack on the head did more damage than he admitted. Look, there's a clinic up the street. We'll get him to a dock. I guess you can take care of Malone, huh, Casey? Yes, I won't need your help, thank you. We parked our car near here, this alley, Casey's not Okay, Annie. Well, 
I'll be getting along myself, Boots. Come on. Oh, no, creep. Hey, why are you grabbing my arm? You're going to give me that 300 bucks you took. Our story will continue in just a moment. From 75 years ago, December 25th, 1947, Casey, crime photographer, on Christmas on the radio. We'll continue with the story in just about a minute. Brought to you in part by MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people... It's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people, but what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, They'll waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great healthcare. Find out more. Call now. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. I'm Wyatt Cox. You're listening to Christmas on the Radio. And now more of Casey Crime Photographer from 75 years ago, December 25th, 1947. Are you sure you feel all right now, Mr. Shepard? Yes, Miss Williams. Doc said you got a really nasty crack on the head. I'll drive you home. He wants you to stay in bed for a few days. Thank you, but men are seldom as sick as their learned physicians say. I'm quite all right. Just the same. We're taking you to your home. Yeah. Where do you live? Uh, Very close by. What? You mean in this neighborhood? Yes, but I have some unfinished business to attend to before I lie down, Mr. Casey. That money hasn't been returned yet. If you get it back, Mr. Shepard, I'll believe in the faith that moves mountains. Mountains have been moved by steam shovels, Miss Williams. And man's faith in himself created the steam shovel. By that you mean you're going to do something to persuade the thief? I shall only remain near the thief so he can find me. I don't get you. Casey. Huh? Look. Holy, it's that creep guy. His face is terribly bruised. He must have crashed into a ten-ton truck. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dragging himself along. Hey, creep, what happened to you? How did... Hey, Boots. Boots beat me up. Boots? Uh, in the alley. After you left. Why? Uh, he, he thought I took that 300 bucks. He beat me up and then searched me. 
they didn't find it because I didn't have it. Hey, uh, buy me a drink, will you? I need a drink. Look, we're going to take you into the clinic and get you patched up. Uh, no, no, no. When the docs get the mitts on guys like me, they send us to the hospital where we can't get no liquor. So, just buy me a shot, mister, huh? That's all I need. I'm gonna... We'll serve this man best by doing as he asks, Casey. At the moment, his body needs its accustomed alcohol more than his bruises need medical treatment. Ah, uh, you're a wise guy, mister. You're a real gent. Unfortunately, I have no money to give him. All right, creep, I'll buy you a drink. And I'll go into a gin mill with you. Well, you tell me more about finding Mr. Shepard in that alley. I already told you all I know. Now, we'll talk about that later. Come on. We're going to this joint here. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is an awful place, Casey. Yeah, it is. You stay outside, Annie. Oh, why should I? There's another woman at the bar. Huh? Yes. That's Julia Arnold. Oh, I see. The actress. Yeah. You coming in too, Mr. Shepard? Yes, thank you. Hey, Gus. Hey, give me a shot, huh? Give me a shot quick. Well, I see you got the dough to pay for it, Frank. I'm paying for his drink. Oh. Oh. Well, you Jensen lady have. Nothing for me. Oh, me either. I'll have a little wine. Hey. One of the gents ain't ashamed to have a drink with the likes of me, Gus. Uh, what kind of wine, mister? Plain red wine. Uh, I'll keep for me, Gus, and quick. Okay, okay. All right, now we'll do some talking, creep. Mr. Shepard says he went into that alley at around 20 minutes of two. Where were you at that time? Mr. Casey, no purpose can be served by questioning this man. I'm making no complaint to the police, and I... You don't... may condone a crime, Shepard, but I don't. I don't condone the crime. I'm forgiving it. Well, we wouldn't have much law and order if everyone did that. Perhaps we'd have more, Miss Williams. This guy just don't care about 300 bucks, eh? Ah, here your drinks. Uh, give me cash. The money wasn't mine, Mr. Casey. I'd have given it away in another few minutes. And a lot of good it would have done him. A buck apiece that it slide across bars like this for raw alcohol. Mr. Shepard, you seem like an awful nice guy, but it's time somebody taught you the facts of life. Few can teach the facts of life, Mr. Casey. Few but little children. Because man forgets the simplicity of childhood, he forgets that all the world is one great family. I think our friend Creep would like another drink. Yeah. And, uh, thanks a million, mister. Hey, Gus. Okay, Creep, we with you in a minute. Hey, Gus. What do you want, Julie? Another drink, of course. You drank up the buck again, me. Casey, that fine actress. Come here, Gus. Come here. There's nothing anybody can do for her, Annie. Julia Arnold's hit bottom. Look, I fooled you, Gus. <laughs> I held out. I got another dollar bill. Not a brand new one, Julia. Yeah, another new. Uh, where'd you get this, though? When you were in here this noon, you said you didn't have a dime. Casey! <laughs> Julie found them, Gus. I found them, and I got more hid away. You hear that, Shepard? I heard. When she leaves this place, we follow. <laughs> She's turned it into the same alley where you were robbed, Mr. Shepard. I see, Miss Williams. We saw her come out of that same alley just a little while before Creep found you. Poor woman. Yeah, it's a rotten shame. Julia Arnold was a fine person once. She can be a fine person again. Casey, why didn't you let Creep come here with us? Oh, because these bums all stick together. I know how they act. He, 
He might have tipped off Julia Arnold that we're trailing her. She's going down into that cellar, Casey. Come on, we don't want to lose her. Wait. That man. Uh, Boots Driscoll. He was hiding behind those ash cans. Now he's going down into the cellar. Looks as though he were watching for Julia Arnold, as though he's following her now. Come on, let's go. rooms down here. She probably lives in this cellar. Yeah, but which door? Get out of here! Her Get voice. Out. Get uh, that door, Casey. No. We're going in, all right. Let her go, Boots. I didn't... I said let her go. They broke my arm. What's the big idea, Boots? I'll ask her. He came to rob me. He said he'd make me tell where my money was hidden. And you're going to tell me earlier. Stick up your hands. Casey. The man has a gun. I see. Yes. Stick him up, I said. Okay, Boots. But you're losing what little mind you ever had. A lousy 300 bucks. Ah, worth shut up, rent. Casey. This is my territory. I'm forced and I don't take no double forcing. Hand it over, Julie. Or... I haven't $300. I don't know what you're talking about. Hand it over. Don't shoot. I'll give you what I have. I found six dollar bills in the alley today. The four I have left. You're bluffing, but I ain't. I don't think he is bluffing. December 25th, 1947, Stotts Cotsworth in Casey Crime Photographer. Here on Christmas on the Radio with Wyatt Cox, the conclusion next. Christmas on the Radio continues now with your host, Wyatt Cox. Now the conclusion of Casey Crime Photographer from Christmas Day 1947, 75 years ago today. Give me that 300. Keep back, Casey. You, you get it first. You're crazy, Boots. Listen. Shut up. This is your last chance, Julie. Give me that 300 or... Oh, Boots. Huh? She ain't got it. Creep. Uh, I got it. I stole it and I hit it. Here it is. You lousy double-crosser. Mr. Shepard, I, I'm sorry for what I did to you. I, well, I ain't never been no good. But standing at that bar with you, you drinking with me like I wasn't just a rat. I, I don't know. I, I had to get the dough. I didn't bring it to you. I'm sorry. I had to hand it over to Boots. You gave it to him to save this woman's life, creep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I did. Another thing, I dropped them six new dollar bills on purpose in the alley when I saw Julie coming so she'd find them and spend them and take the rap for me. There'll be no rap for anyone. You said it. None of you birds are going to live to squeal on me. You don't want to shoot us, Boots. Don't I? Do you? I got I got myself in too deep. Not yet. You haven't taken life. And your life isn't finished. I ain't gonna finish it and stir. I got a chance at none of you talk. Yes, you have. Why don't you shoot us, Boots? Well, I'm gonna. When? Shut up. I can't shoot a guy who talks like you do. Words have never stopped a bullet or a true desire. Ah. Ah, nuts. Here, Casey, take this gat in this dough and send for the cops. I'm tired of being a phony tough guy. Shall I send for the cops, Mr. Shepard? If you wish, Casey. I have. You're running this. We have $300. Everyone seems to agree that my original plan for its distribution was unwise. What do you suggest we do with it? May I have your suggestion, Creep? 
I tried to frame Julie. Give it to her. And your suggestion, Boots? Give it to Julie. It's yours, Miss Arnold. Mine? Three hundred dollars. Why, I can buy a, a decent dress. Once I earn that much for a single performance, I, I can do it again. If you believe so. But I, I don't need this money you intended for the poor. I'm not poor. God gave me gifts I've squandered. I still have some left. They're all I need. Give this money to the really poor. What shall I do with it, Casey? Mr. Shepard? You're still running this. We'll join the crowd of the Blue Note in just a moment. Perhaps among your Christmas gifts, you received a beautiful set of jadeite dinnerware. Then you already know how attractive it will look on your table. And in the months to come, you'll learn that jadeite dinnerware is as sturdy and heat-proof as it is lovely to look at. You'll be proud of your jadeite dinnerware because of its beautiful texture, its color, its flawless design. And your guests will hardly believe that this jade green dinnerware costs so little. But incredible as it may seem, you can buy a 35-piece jadeite dinner service, including six cups, six saucers, six dessert plates, six salad plates, six dinner plates, one vegetable bowl, a platter, and a sugar and creamer set for less than $5. And jadeite is also available in open stock at chain stores, department stores, and most other stores selling chinaware and glass. Remember the name, jadeite, and that's spelled J-A-D-E-I-T-E, jadeite. The newest triumph of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. So Mr. Shepard gave the dough to that old man who panhandled you and Miss Williams, huh, Casey? Yeah. Smitty. Who didn't drink and didn't steal. It was just old. What do you suppose Smitty did with it, Ethelbert? How should I know? He was so happy, he had to make others feel the same way. <laughs> he played Santa Claus. You mean... Yeah. He stood on the corner of Bum's Boulevard and handed out those dollar bills. Funny, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. He was like a little child who hadn't forgotten that all the world is one big family. That's a pretty thought. I got it from Mr. Shepard. He sounds like a very interesting guy. What'd you find out about him, Miss Williams? Him personal, I mean. Nothing. While we were watching old Smitty give his money away, Mr. Shepard wandered off and we lost him. Think you'll find him again? Well, I hope so. So do I. But you don't know his address or even what business he's in? No. But he told me he was once a carpenter. Starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey, 
is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation, makers of Fire King Oven Glass. Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. by John Deeks. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. This is Tony Marvin saying goodnight for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Christmas Day 1947, 75 years ago, Casey Crime Photographer on Christmas on the Radio. We continue in just about a minute. And here's the cinnamon bear. The oldest known children's Christmas serial in radio history, The Cinnamon Bear featuring some of the most popular actors in radio history, including Elliot Lewis, Joseph Kearns, Verna Felton, Lou Merrill, Frank Nelson, Howard McNear, and child actress Barbara Jean Wong. Eighty-five years later, this series of Judy and Jimmy traveling to Maybe Land to recover their silver star still fascinates youngsters of all ages. Now we're offering the entire 26-episode series of The Cinnamon Bear via download for a buy-me-a-copy donation of $10 or more at ClassicRadio.stream. Support Classic Radio Theater and have The Cinnamon Bear for your family to enjoy for years to come. Go to ClassicRadio.stream and donate $10 or more, and I'll send you a link for immediate download. ClassicRadio.stream Christmas on the radio wouldn't be Christmas on the radio if we didn't step down and visit our friends in Wistful Vista and see what was going on in the household of Fibber McGee and Molly. This episode of the program originally broadcast December 21st, 1955. Miles Laboratories, makers of Alka-Seltzer, bring you another visit with Fibber McGee and Molly. Again, we invite you to listen to the transcribed adventures of Fibber McGee and Molly. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutter. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all up. Wow! That rat, that dad rat, hit it again. You're getting pretty accurate, Sonny. That's the third time you've hit the same finger. Ah. That must take a lot of practice. (laughs) How long have you been standing there, you big torture lover? What are you doing out in the cold here, anyhow, with all the wires and junk? Building a front yard booby trap for Santa Claus? I, Doctor, am creating a little expression of peace and goodwill toward my fellow men. Oh? And fellow women, too, of course. (laughs) Spreading a little yuletide spirit and... Hey, don't step on those boxes, Hamfoot. They're full of colored bulbs. Oh, outdoor lighting deal, huh? Like Mort Toops has at his house? 
<laughs> like more tube says. <laughs> that puny little display he's got. Puny? It says season's greetings in letters three feet high, clear across the front of his house. It's the talk of the neighborhood. Well, it won't be for long, my boy. I'm rigging up the outdoor lighting display to end all outdoor lighting displays, Fatso. Oh, sure, sure. Probably be the end of you, too. I had a patient last year who built his own front yard display. Yeah? Hooked the wiring up to the transformer on the corner. Hey, I never thought of that smart idea. Got his electricity free for nothing that way, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was he? I know him? I don't think so. He worked for the streetcar company. Oh? Been a motorman for 20 years, but when he hooked those wires of his onto the transformer, the motorman became a conductor. 7,000 volts. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'll hook mine up to the porch light or something. After all, it wouldn't be honest. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Molly. Say, what do you think of his Christmas lights idea, Doctor? Sounds good, huh? I haven't heard it yet, Molly. And all I've seen so far is this nondescript pile of wires scattered across the lawn here. Looks like a barbed wire barricade put up by a cross-eyed street fighter on a dark night in outer Mongolia. Oh, doctor. <laughs> Who ever heard of barbed wire with sockets on it, ignorance? <laughs> hey, if you guys will help me untangle this stuff and stretch it out across the lawn here, you'll see what I have bent this wire into all different shapes for. Oh, spells out a message, huh? Just you wait and see, doctor. Well... There, uh, grab that end. I'll take my end over this okay. way. That's the M you got, Doc. Uh-huh. Take it way over there. All right. That's it. Way over against the fence. Holy smoke. These letters must be six feet high. Yep. Almost as big as you are wide, boy. And that's big. Lay them down. That's it. Says Merry Christmas. Yeah. Isn't that nice? My goodness, those two words stretch clear across our whole lawn. Just barely makes it, McGee. Congratulations. For once, you measured something correctly. Oh, my gosh, doggone the luck. What? I got another section in the garage. The whole sign is going to say, Merry Christmas to all. Oh, fine. Yeah. And in the middle is a big papier-mâché Santa Claus's head with a big red nose that flashes on and off. And on each end is a big candle made out of neon tubes. Heavenly days. I'll bring it out here. Gee whiz, after all my work, I just got to find room some way to put it up if I have to wrap it all the way around the house. steady now. I'm coming down. Good. Come down while you're still ahead. How's it look from down there? Good, huh? Very impressive, dearie. It really does. You betcha. I bet there's not another family in Wistful Vista with a sign that goes all the way from their front porch roof clear across over the street to the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. Ought to be exciting. The big Santa Claus head in the middle and all. Oh, I'm just dying to see it lit up. I hope it works. What do you mean you hope it works? Well, I mean it's almost dark and people won't be able to see the sign at all if the lights don't light, so I hope it... Well, don't you worry about a thing, Mrs. McGee. You see these long copper wires here? I'm going to hook these up to the switch in the garage right now. And if anything goes wrong... Yes? I'd like the headstone to read, Here lies McGee, who I'll never forget. The shockingest man that I ever met. <laughs> what? Uh, you be careful now, McGee. Don't take any chance. I'm glad you came by, Mr. Wimple. He's going to turn it on any minute now. My, my, that certainly is a big sign, all right. I can't make out what it says very well in the dark, but... I bet it's something about Christmas. <laughs> You're a sharp one. Just wait till those lights come on. Well, I'm all set, Molly. Ready to turn on the juice. Here we go. Oh, 
Oh, would you look at that, Mr. Wimple? My goodness, clear across the street. That's just breathtaking. How do you like the big Santa Claus head? With his red nose flashing on and off. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> well, how do you like it, kiddo? How do... Oh, hi, Wimp. It lights up the whole neighborhood, McGee. It's just beautiful, Mr. McGee. Yeah. And quite a tribute, too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, who is this fellow, Al? Al? In your sign there, uh, Merry Christmas to Al, it says. <laughs> Oh, oh, dear, that's supposed to be Merry Christmas to all. Oh, for the... <laughs> dad rat the dad ratted like a short circuit. I'll go cut it off at the main switch, and then I'll have to climb that ladder and check the wiring. I knew this was... Okay, Molly, hold that ladder steady. I'm coming down. She's in the house getting warm again, but I'll hold it. Oh, okay, well, thanks, Wimp. I found the short okay, so... Hey, Molly, it's all set. All right, McGee, I'm coming. My, this sign is causing you a lot of trouble, Mr. McGee. Ah, but it's going to be worth it, Wimp. This thing will outshine more tubes' display a million times. You watch it now, Molly. I'll go throw the switch in the garage again. Okay, hurry it up, though. I'm getting sleepy and it's cold out here. After 10 o'clock, I should have been in bed. Here we go, kids. There. <laughs> Bright, isn't it? Is it on, Molly? <laughs> Yeah, but I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. Huh? Remember our friend Al? He just blacked out. What? <laughs> yes, and now it just says, Merry Christmas, too. Oh, no. You mean after all my fixing, it's still... Oh, heck. Well, if you can disconnect that word, too, it'll still say Merry Christmas. All you need, really. Yes, but... And that big Santa Claus head with the red nose that goes on and off and on... Hmm doesn't go off anymore. It just stays on, doesn't it? You know, I like it even better that way. Don't you, Mr. Wimple? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, it's much nicer. Yeah, but I wanted it It's a to... wonderful sign. Very impressive. Three times as big as more tubes. Yeah, but if that... Oh, it makes Mort's sign look sick. Stretch clear across the street like this. It's tremendous. Okay. I'll get back up the ladder and clip the little red wire to disconnect the word, too, and... No. No, I think it's the blue wire I ought to cut to get... No, that's for Santa's red nose. I don't... Uh, never mind. Uh, look. The word two just went out, too, Mr. McGee, all by itself. Oh, swell. Aren't you lucky? Aren't we all? Yeah, well, good night, Wimp. Come on, Molly. Let's lock up and get to bed. I'm bushed. Gee, that's a nice sign, though. Merry Christmas. That's just the right sentiment for this time of year. <laughs> Molly, you sleep? Yes. Oh, no, no, I, I'm serious. Look, if you're going to ask me to go to the window again and look at that beautiful sign of yours... No, no, so, something woke me up. It, it, it sounded like an auto horn, and... You see? There it goes again. Fine time to be honking a horn. It's after midnight. My gosh, of all the inconsiderate... What the heck's going on out there? Can you see? People, what are they? Oh, for heaven's sake. Well, what is it? Looks like a traffic jam right under your sign. There's cars clear to the corner, people getting out and taking a look. No kidding, let me see. There's a man with a camera, it must be a newspaper man. Lobby. Hey, I'm gonna be famous. I told Wimp this sign of mine had stopped traffic, but I never. Re boy, oh boy, isn't this something? I can't understand why they're all. Oh, 
dear. I'm going to grab my bathrobe and go down there. Maybe they want me to pose for a picture. Uh, what's the matter? Don't go out there. I see the reason now for all the fuss and the traffic jam and what? all. What is it? What do you mean? What's the matter? Look, all the lights on your sign are out except the big red light dead center there in Santa Claus's nose. They think it's a traffic signal. What? Oh, my gosh. Are, are there any cops out there? Can you hear the cops? Uh-oh. Mm. Does that answer your question? Gee whiz, Molly, what am I, what can I, what can I do? Quick, duck downstairs, go out to the garage and pull a switch on that sign. Yeah. I'll put a pot of coffee on and ask the policeman in because a hot cup of coffee on a night like this. I thought those policemen would never go home. A gallon of coffee they drank. They turned out to be pretty good guys though at that. They said if I'd make one little change in that sign, I can turn it back on tomorrow. Oh? You know, it was that red light in Santa Claus's nose that caused the trouble. Everybody thought it was a stoplight. So, tomorrow I'm going to change it to a go light. A go light? You mean... I mean that starting tomorrow, we'll not only have the largest greeting sign in town, but we'll have the only Santa Claus with a big green nose. <laughs> Should be lovely. Yep, and different. Go to bed. Okay. So long, everybody. Bye. See you tomorrow. Bill Thompson and Arthur Q. Bryan play Mr. Wimple and Dr. Gamble. This is John Wald urging you to be with us again tomorrow when the McGee's discover that in a frantic Christmas rush, they've forgotten something of great importance to them. Goodbye. December 21st, 1955, Fever McGee and Molly on Christmas on the Radio. Look at him, Dad, laying on his little blanket. Isn't he just what you wanted for Christmas? No. <laughs> To tell the truth, Ma, what I really wanted was a pinball game. Oh, now that's silly. A pinball game doesn't grow up and stay with you through the years. Maybe not, but at least it has all its marbles. Remember, Pa, before the baby came, you went out and bet $50 it would be a boy. And I bet $50 it would be a girl. Yeah. That's a hundred bucks we'll never see again. <laughs> Look, just... What does that mean? Wait a minute. <laughs> Look at his little face smiling up at us. Goo. <laughs> Say something, Sonny. Goo. Again, Sonny. Goo. Isn't it cute? Sonny, tell me, what would you like for Christmas? Some new lines. I'm laying an egg with this goo. You remember Jane Morgan playing Bob Hope's mother there uh, as Margaret Davis the landlady of Connie Brooks and our Miss Brooks, and, of course, Jack Kirkwood is the guy who kept insisting that you, as a Santa Claus, you put something in the pot, boy. Uh, a little excerpt from uh, a Pepsodent show with uh, Bob Hope. 
years and years ago here on Christmas on the radio. I have a friend that has shows available in very good quality. If you'd like to go visit my friend Ted, he is at radiomemories.com. That is radiomemories.com. He supplies shows on cassette, CD, or flash drive for your computer, radiomemories.com. I have a web page. It's at classicradio.stream where you can stream shows on demand. You can learn about building a classic radio collection of your own. And you can also contact me there and find our social media links. That is at classicradio.stream. Classicradio.stream. Thanks for joining us for Christmas on the radio. Please thank this station and support their advertisers, won't you please? And uh, on many stations, we have another hour straight ahead. If you're with us, we look forward to the pleasure of your company. If you leave us at this time, please accept our warmest wishes for a very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous 2023.